Guys, every week on this show, I like to think that we make dreams come true. Now, if that's a bit of a stretch, I will remind you of what we do here, right? At times, we take on projects like today where we do these massive rebuilds. How is this dreams coming true? Well, we are taking it upon ourselves to make other clubs better who cannot do it for themselves. So this is just some of the services that TJW offers to you. However, this is not the number one thing that TJW offers you. Do you know what it is, Mina? What is it? Please enlighten me. It's the discount code that you can use over at ElmontYouthSoccer.com. When you go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com, guys, the best website on planet Earth today, by the way, you can get any jersey you could ever imagine. All right? Straight up. Facts. Then you enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout and you'll save 10% on your order. Stop it. This is another service that we are here offering to This is for free, by the way. We don't don't take a penny. This is free. You listen to us anytime you want. We are offering you all of this free service to everybody. (laughs) That's what we do. That's what we do here. We make dreams come true over at the Jersey Wall Podcast. Go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com. The link is in our description and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout. Guys, today we got our biggest rebuild ever. Today we rebuild Manchester United. We're, we're bringing back dreams to the theater of dreams. That's all we're doing. That's exactly what it is. Very That's well said, Mina. And welcome back to the show, dude. Good to have you again. Thank you. It's great to be here. The uh, the small patch of, of Mina being very busy is now done. Uh, mm. And now I get to go Ooh. on vacation. So <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So TJW will continue its rotating cast over the next few weeks as we alternate between Joe's and Mina's. But ultimately, the content you love always stays the same. I'm your host, Master Chef Nay. And today, guys, we have a different kind of rebuild. It's 10 Hogs rebuild. It's the first time mm-hmm. in a while that we've been actually able to like invest in a United rebuild, even when, at times, United themselves were not willing to invest in their very own rebuild. So we took yeah. it upon ourselves as the footballing gurus that we are to see, hey, what can we do with this? And we're going to get into it a little bit later in the show. We have to start off the show today, brethren, with our Bro Talk discussions as we always do. I have to give a shout out off the top of the show to Leah, my shout girlfriend, Leah. because Leah absolutely crushed her interview today to become hey. a permanent teacher. She is 100% no now. Yeah, Leah is a teacher, confirmed, signed, sealed, delivered. She literally raised the bar for what the expectations are of teachers going into entering the field. They literally told her, we have to fast forward your application here so that we can start to have excellent teachers like you in the class. This has never been said before. Everybody else is either a yeah or a no. This is like, yo, you just changed what our expected answers are going to be going forward. So big shout out to Leah. Absolutely crushed it. Congratulations, babe. That's amazing. Congrats, Leah. Do you guys even know how difficult it is to be a permanent teacher in Canada? It's impossible. Yeah, it's extremely hard. No, that's amazing. I'll be sure to text Leah later. We should do do something for her. Yeah, well, she and I went out to get uh, frozen yogurt actually a little bit later or a little bit earlier. And what we did was apparently I I didn't realize I consume copious amounts of yogurt now. I had no idea. <laughs> I, I had yogurt this morning as part of my my snack at uh, at work. Then she texts me. She's like, hey, can we go for frozen yogurt to celebrate? I'm like, absolutely, bro. Not recording till, Listen, till whatever yogurt. time. Let's go. It's amazing. So I got frozen yogurt. 
Then yeah. I got home and we were about to start the show. And I'm like, I haven't eaten anything since lunch aside from frozen yogurt. You know what I should have? A yogurt. Yogurt. So I've had like gallons of, of yogurt today, honestly. Vanilla Each different flavor than the last. Greek yogurt with blueberries and granola, like mm. toasted granola. is one of the best things you can have. Is that good? Yeah. I just eat it straight up. I have, honey, I have that nice Oikos yogurt and I have the mm. cherry one and I have the lime one. I feel like these are two excellent the flavors. The lime one is very slept on. Yeah, Do not it really sleep is. on the lime. Oh, it's like key lime. It's key yeah. lime. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. You know what else I love, dude? On the note what? of being a teacher and, and praise and everything. I was in kindergarten today. and um, Congratulations. I didn't know after university that's what you do, but congrats. I got, uh, I got some art, some fan art. That's so today. cute. Submitted to the show, submitted to the channel. Guess which one I am? <laughs> do you see the resemblance? Yeah. That's so cute, bro. I'm this one. <laughs> this is the little girl who gave it to me. She gave it to me. I said, what's this for? Who's this? And she goes, she points. She goes, you. I'm like, that's me? She goes, it's nice said, well, well, who's this one? And she shows, I know, literally. I'm like, and I, apparently I'm green and I'm wonderful. This inspired <laughs> another girl to do it. Aw. And so in this one. Look at these kids. Apparently I have some massive ears, but uh, I'm this one. So, yeah, kids you know, will I don't want to brag you, or anything. Kids will make but, you very uh, self-conscious. No, I, I couldn't stop smiling. I was beaming, beaming That's the horse of the day. I was like, you guys. What a light-hearted bro talk for today. Honestly, man. Like and you the, know what's funny is that. is good. Should we keep it on this? Because honestly, this wasn't the story I wanted to tell for bro talk. I had a whole story planned out about how, really, I had a nice day. My coworker yesterday had the absolute worst day. The worst day that could ever happen to anybody ever. Nah, Would you like to hear we're, it? We're keeping it. We're keeping it good today. Tell tell Joe the story. Ah, uh, all right, bro. All right, we're it's a really it good one for next week. Fine. All right, next week's bro talk. My coworker had the absolute worst day ever. I'll raise that anybody's sucks, worst bro. day ever story. I'm telling you, she had it worse than you. I'll tell you about it next week. Is it worse than your podcast. worst day ever? Uh, it was. Oh, Damn. big time. Big time. Damn. I thought I had the worst day ever. Okay. Dude, not kidding. The worst day ever. Anyway. Okay, so we're leaving you guys on a little bit of a hook here. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Got to keep you coming back for more. Mm -hmm. Today, the focus of the episode has to be around this United rebuild. And usually we transition into the footy a little bit later. Let's do it right off the top here because quite frankly, there is so much to get through. There's yeah. the finally this is happening, right? There's the finally they elected a candidate. They, what are the expectations of this candidate? What's the time frame for the expectations of this candidate? How is he going to build the side? Is it going to be a short-term side? Is it going to be a long-term side? There's so many things. Who is he going to have the personnel? Is he going to have to reuse the current personnel? How many of the backroom staff are going to leave? There's literally infinite amounts of questions with going on with the club. So who better to do this episode with than you, the official Iron Pharaoh club representative, international correspondent, Just brethren. Cool. I know you have that insider information from the United subreddits. Tell me... Wherever you want to start with this, I'm fine with. Just give me something off the top here. What are we going to talk about? So if you're an OG listener, this is now probably like your third Manchester United rebuild. Day. <laughs> but We've done a lot of here, informal ones. If this is, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is the most formal one that we've ever had to do. 100%. And you want, to, you want a place to start? The reason I'm wearing this t-shirt, you might recognize the eye. That's, this is Scar from The Lion King is because it says I'm surrounded by idiots. <laughs> and my surroundings is Old Trafford right now. And right. it is surrounded by idiots. Just so dumb, we're going to dive in and we're going to make, make them educated and take good decisions. Fantastic. What I have to say, what I have to say though, is a recap of what already has happened to this day, including updates from today, 
um, about the club. So recap, Ed Woodward is no longer at the club. Right. Richard Arnold takes over from Ed Woodward. And I didn't really have my hopes up for Richard Arnold, but as you know, Why? this is a new... What does he do? Because he's, he was from... He's an internal hire, so they promoted him okay. to the position. So I thought, oh, just more of the same. Right. But as a, you know, when you look at the decisions that he's been taking, it seems like he has ideas that were not, you know, that were maybe swelted away or something. Because right. he, for now, is is starting on a clean slate because I can't judge him based on the previous ownership and the previous, uh, right. the previous um, running of the club. So he starts at a clean slate. And so far, I'm liking what he's doing. So... He, Jim Lawler sure. and Marcel Boot, who were the chief scouts at United, have been sacked. And when you look at our previous, um, our previous uh, strategy for buying players, uh, our, our you know scouting and and all the players that we bought since Sir Alex Ferguson, even a little bit before that, you can you can tell that they're not doing a great job, right? Like it doesn't take a genius to to actually buy Juan Bissaka for fifty million and Harry Maguire for eighty million. So right. this is yeah. good. Okay, scouting and and a little bit of the transfers. Maybe there's a new policy in, in uh, you know, involved. Matt Judge was just sacked today. Who is Matt Judge? Matt Judge used to be the guy that negotiated the deals with uh, the with the incoming players. Okay, and just basically the one who's negotiating contracts and and incomings and everything like that. Quick story, and this is absolutely true. Um, Ashraf Hakimi and his agent went to see Matt Judge, or he went to see them in London. And this is when Hakimi was still at Real Madrid when he was going out on loans. He sits down and he's like, so what's your name, son? Now, if you're me meeting with anyone, you're going to look, who, look oh, up who they are. <laughs> Let alone one of the hottest couldn't have just learned in his world name. football. <laughs> and Hakimi oh, went, and his agent went, yeah, we're not joining United. So, oh god, that's what a the terrible representative bro. we're talking about. The antithesis of Sean Evans. Yeah, right from exactly. Hot Ones. Sean yeah. Evans knows your grandmother's maiden name, the day that she died, the day that she had a you know like a Frankfurter's hot dog in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, well. exactly. Yeah, that kind. This of guy life. said, "Who am I talking so to?" So, what's right your now? name, son? And, and this is a guy at oh. Real Madrid. Like you should know at least who plays for Real Madrid, right? Yeah. Like if you're a United guy trying to trying to get players in you should at least oh, know their man. names yeah and we also know that ten Hag has been appointed with ralph ragnick being a consultant uh for two years who also signed a deal with austria to become the permanent manager and he's going to be doing both jobs at the same time nice. so strong that's the start <laughs> clearly that's very the interesting i got lots of time in this job i'll go coach national team we're fine i mean national football especially if you're like austria doesn't you know he's really like yeah it's much. a it's a freelance gig. Uh, you, you know, really pick it up on weekends. Yeah, it's fine. But I'm okay with that. I feel like he can yeah. do both, right? Like it's not a he's not officially hired for a day-to-day -day role. He's it's a consultancy right. role. All it takes yeah. is, hey Ralph, we're thinking of buying this guy. Nope, terrible. That's all a okay. consultant does. Bye -bye. That's perfect, bro. Oh man, sign me up for that. Get to work, whatever you want. Hey, here's my number. Give me a call. Hey, we're thinking of signing this guy. No. No. All right. Thank don't you. Do it. It's like Ollie from Family Guy. Not yeah. Ollie with the weather. Ralph, should we right. sign this guy? Yeah. No. All right. Thanks, Ollie. That's it, bro. Honestly. Now, what do I want to happen at the club? Yes. For, for that specific role, for scouting and everything like that, which we thought was going to be Ralph's position, but it's clear, to, it's clear now that it's more of a hands-off consultant approach. 
I would like them to sign Paul Mitchell. Do you know who that is? Nope. Paul Mitchell is basically a, a director of football, technical director, whatever you may call it. Mm-hmm. He did work at Southampton. He did work at, at uh, Tottenham, both with Poch at the time. Worked with okay. Ralph at, at the Red Bull clubs. And you can tell from the history of, of how those teams were. Right. He's great at finding a bargain. He's great at finding young talent. And yeah. some of the talent is Sadio Mane, Tadic, Aldevarel, Deli Ali, Son, Trippier, Eriksson, Kanate, Haidara, right. and Kunku. Like all those bargains that are now being talked about as some of the hottest prospects in the, in, in world football. One of the best players in world football, yeah. Exactly. And with his relationship with Ralph, I, I can see Ralph trusting him to have the full-time role where maybe if Paul Mitchell has, you know, some questions you can call up Ralph since they're friends and everything. Right. It w- I think it would make sense. And getting someone with that kind of an eye for young talent and bargains around the world means that he has good connections and right. he would be able to shift the transfer strategy for this club and in a way that's way more sustainable in the future. Big time. Big so time. that's the backroom stuff that we're going to talk about. Right. Okay. And that's, that's like... That's more into backroom stuff than I think anybody maybe thought that we would start with this. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, this is going to be a proper rebuild or go position for position, what this lineup should be. But it's important to address all those things because it really is top down level by level. Yeah. So moving on from there, we can now move on to the manager, right? Now, is that a fair place to, to jump now? Yeah, absolutely. This is not a rebuild that we've done in the past saying, here's the team, here's their current manager, here's the new manager and the team we should build for them in the same kind of way. This is like, 100% confirmed, Ten Hag is coming in. And Eric Ten Hag is not a young prospect manager. He seems that way, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of how, like, the way that he kind of came up, people were comparing him to, to Nagelsmann. It's like, no, he could be Nagelsmann's dad, right? Like, <laughs> he's much, much, he's in his mid-50s. Yeah. He's been, he's worked for years and years and years under some of the greatest tutelage in world football. Then he did a job at Ajax twice to make mm-hmm. them, like, not only relevant domestically, but in Europe, Right. So we understand the pedigree that he has when taking on rebuilds individually. So do we trust Ralph to get it done? For sure. Does TJW have its own twist for it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so initially when we first started drawing this up, I I thought of a few questions and these are objectives. I'm going to ask you these. All right. The first thought was, okay, does United want to switch to something that's like Mourinho-esque stability, which is older players that are good right now, Right. Not just youngsters that can, you know, hopefully pay off in a few years, but guys who are like, let's be hard to play against. Let's make sure that like, you know, our system is, is predicated a, a, around locking teams out. We're going to make sure that we're solid. We're not super focused on youth development, but we can maybe succeed sooner. And then I thought, well, the thing is with this job is inevitably there's going to be so much pressure. Yeah. There's going to be expectations of a certain style of play, which I hope is not to the detriment of, of, of Ten Hag because really this position needs to be afforded several years of building to catch up to where they, ought, where they think they ought to be. Now, the caveat of all this is to be competing on the level that they want to is harder now than it has ever been in, in the history of football because it happens to be that they are playing against the two best teams in Europe who literally have achieved footballing perfection amongst the two of them, right? Yeah. Man City and Liverpool are absolutely untouchable right now. And across 38 weeks, the kind of consistency that they display is unlike anything we've ever seen before. 
So the expectation I find on this team cannot be challenging for the Premier League in a few years because it's like, boy, you better hope that Klopp, you know, has already peaked and he's going to start to come down in the coming years and that Pep is going to leave City because otherwise you got no shot there. I don't think there's a scenario, anything that we do here, where United's team in two or three years is getting 90 plus points. I just, I don't think that's possible. I think that that would be a tremendous disservice to Klopp and Pep and what they're doing to say that what they're doing is, is anybody could replicate it. So what we have to do here is say, what are the trophies we might be able to win? How are these teams playing? Do we want to emulate their style or do we want to be the detriment of it? If it was the latter, I think they would have appointed a different coach. I think they think, right. I think that they think the way for us to get there is by trying to emulate what we see. And what we see is footballing perfection. So let's get a guy who plays something of a similar style to what we like to see and where we can see ourselves playing if we have the right personnel. Which is also consistent with the philosophy of the club historically, right? Like when you look at... When you look at the way Sir Matt Busby played through tape, obviously none of us were alive back then, and Sir Alex Ferguson, <laughs> Ten Hag is way more similar and way more accustomed to that kind of style than a Conte is. And, right. and don't get me wrong, you could absolutely be successful with a Conte when he comes in, but that means you give him the keys, don't ask him questions, and when he leaves, you're going to have to do this rebuild anyway. Exactly. So you're, just, so- you're, you're actually buying time by being successful now to be able to afford to wait a few years to rebuild after he's gone. Right. And to be honest, the, there's another side of that argument, which is I don't know if it's actually buying time. It might just be delaying the inevitable, the, yeah. the inevitable that you must adapt to what Pep and Klopp are doing or you will never reach that level until they're done. Right. So if they, if they address it head on, I think a few things that must be fair for Ten Hag, and I'm sure he would have asked this when, when taking on the job, is clearly defined objectives. What exactly is it that you want me to do with this team? Because I see what these two best teams in the world are doing, and I'm, I'm, we're nowhere near there. We're not like, oh, if we get this guy, we're there. No. no. Several steps and several years away. However, this is the first time, I would say, in a very, very, very long time that the rebuild looks like it actually has hope. Because the reason Ollie wasn't given the keys is because no one really thought Ollie was going to be the guy to take him to that level anyway. The reason that Mourinho wasn't back, and he was backed, but the reason why Mourinho wasn't backed in the same way is because there's always some kind of venom and file with the way that he likes to approach the club. And he's extremely openly critical, and they didn't have the personnel to deal with that criticism and let it fuel them. It just became extremely toxic. Toxic. Right? And they didn't want to continue to to feud into that. Before Van, we, I don't even have to get into Van Hall or Moyes. That was literally ages ago, neither of whom impressed enough to deserve enough credit to, to continue going, right? Mm-hmm. Albeit Moyes was a little bit unfair, but given the time, hindsight's twenty twenty. At the time, it's like, we've dropped off so substantially, it's your fault. Yeah. A little unfair given the circumstances, but here we are now, right? Ten Hag, I think, has to be asked the question, what is it that, or, or United, Ten Hag has to ask the question to the United Board saying, what is my objective? Are we going to be EPL winners? Right? Are we going to be a solid top four team, like a staple in the top four? Right? Like, no question, we are 100% Champions League contenders every single year. Are we going to be a tournament style UCL team where we're predicated on solidity and defense, not so much, you know, fluid, expansive kind of footy? Do we want me to do the same thing that I did at Ajax in terms of what you saw on the pitch, or do you want me to get the most out of this crop of players? Right? There's a few things that have to be asked here. I want to get your thoughts. For you, what is the objective with Ten Hag? Within this three or four year contract that they gave him, I can't remember what it actually was. 
The objective has to be consistently in the top four because the only other time we did that was in the last two seasons, excluding this one, mm. finishing second and third, and also being a solid cup team. That's exactly right. where we have to be. You can't, in, in the span of this contract, you can't just turn this team into title challengers and contenders because it won't happen. You have to be realistic about where you are as a club. And I approached this similar to the way that um, AC Milan approached the rebuild and the way Liverpool approached the rebuild on mm. the club. Klopp took a while to get to yeah. where he was. So it took them three years to reach a Champions League final, but they did target the Cups before they, you know, challenged for the league. Right. So yeah, I think for, for us, it has to be very similar, where you're clearing off Deadwood massively, setting the identity, saying to the world, this is what United is all about now. If you want to join, make sure you have these attributes. And we are now going to be pushing for consistent Champions League places and hoping that we can sustain deep runs into the Champions League where a semi-final is a good season. A final is a good season, right? Even if we lose, right. but this is where the club is now. Yeah. So in other words, based on that response, um, you are not overly concerned at the lack of UCL being, you know, that people will not be interested in coming, right? You still have this idea that the players who you've recruited are invested in what this project is and not just, well, if I'm not going to play in the Champions League next season, there's no point in going. Yeah, and I think it, it might be a blessing in disguise. Obviously, it's weird saying that. I'd rather be in the Champions League than of not course. be in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because you're now open to a lot higher level of prospects that would that are looking to move around. Yeah. And we're we're gonna see this. It's a it's a common theme with some of the transfers that we will have made, is that these players are really good and they would fit this rebuild, but they we don't have Champions League football to offer, so they're probably gonna right. go somewhere else. They could easily go somewhere else that does. Yeah. What I think there has to be asked here is the question about the mentality of the players coming over. Mm -hmm. Are you a player who is okay with mediocrity, right? And, and the reason that this is so important is because I think that the mentality of a player that believes that they can and are good enough to win the Champions League is very different than that that just wants to be in a top four team. Yeah. And I think the problem that is, well, one of the many problems that has plagued United is mediocrity being accepted. Right. It's just like, yeah, yeah, we're here and that's okay. You know, like we're doing our best. Like that's it, does, it just can't be that way. And so I think that these players have to go in believing in this rebuild that they have a better chance at United to win the Champions League than they do at their current team. Or if they're going, if they could also move to a, to a team that could right now you know, compete for a Champions League team, do they believe that their spot in the United team would be more important than the spot at this time? Right. So, example, if Real Madrid want the same person as Manchester United, maybe at Real Madrid you're not guaranteed the same game time. You're way more likely to win the Champions League at Real Madrid, but maybe you, you are more invested in playing for a team that you think you can take to a Champions League final rather right. than being part of a team that's already there. I Absolutely. think that distinction of mentality is extremely, extremely important for the next phase of this United rebuild. Couldn't agree more. Great. Should we get into the teams? We absolutely should. Fantastic. All right. So like I said, I, ideal, you know, the way that we always do these is ideal meets realistic with a twist of FIFA career mode. This one I wanted to keep as realistic as ever. Same here. But that being said, a lot of it is still ideal because you don't know the mentalities or the specifics that go on behind, behind closed doors. Right. I personally believe that there's a way that United want to approach this. And it's something that they want their fans to be able to get behind. 
which means yeah. they could bring in a defensive masterclass type guy who what who isn't named Ten Hag, who can come up and and you know win the FA Cup every year because they're just impossible to play against, right? But I don't think United will be satisfied with that. I don't think they'll be satisfied with 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 even if Simeone took over, for example, being like, man, we're going to play the dark arts of football. We're going to be so hard to beat. We can actually get there. I think there's a way that United fans want. To there's a style of football they have to see to start believing that this project can work, and that is specifically what I have targeted with my rebuild. Now I have scenario A, B, and C. I'm going to pitch to you scenario A, and we can talk about B and C as we as we move along. But I still think scenario A is quasi-realistic, maybe a little ambitious for one transfer window, but if it's across a prolonged span, then so be it. However, first thing first, you must tell me everybody who has to go before we even get into our, our lineups because I have to hear from your mouth. Everybody who you want yeah. out the door it, like tomorrow. It's important to also say that we did this like we did our new Newcastle rebuild where we yes. did it over a span of three years rather than this is the lineup for next year. I, I um, actually approached mine as that. I had to, I had to switch it up. Okay. I had okay. to switch I, it up. I did a year one, two, and three thing. Okay, I'm glad. I'm because gl- mine could be easily broken up into that. I just did this as here's what I could see, and what I hope to see is the ideal. Not I hope as a city fan, but I hope you know for the sake of this rebuild, if we saw this team next season, boy, would that be something. Okay, fair enough. Right. Everybody that needs to go, there's 15 here. Um, wow. Well, needs tell me the mass exodus should slash right. would want to. Um, okay. There's 15 here. I don't know if it can all be done in, in one window. Actually, I spaced it out because I don't believe that it can be done in one window. That but I agree with. Yes, initially, 100%. In, starting off, Pogba, 100% is 100%. going on a free. We yep. know yep. this. Mm-hmm. Um, known this for Ronaldo some time. will probably want to leave since we don't have Champions League football to offer. And That's fair. I think when you're going with a rebuild, despite everything he's done this season, he's the second highest goal scorer in the Premier League this season, just by the mm. way. And he's also scored eight of our last nine goals. So without Ronaldo, this is fact, we'd be 10 points off relegation battle. This is right. not even like, it's actual fact. It's a stat. Yeah. So but Really? Yeah. It's an That's actual crazy. stat. Without his goal wow. contributions, United would be 10 points above relegation. So Ronaldo, this... It unfortunately didn't work the way we wanted it to, but it was absolutely amazing to see him back at United, and I would love him to stay. But again, when you're leading a rebuild, you can't have a 37-year-old guy right. there. The only caveat would be stick around for next season, show the new guys what it means to play for Man United, yeah. and just literally in your contract say, I'm only going to play Premier League football, whatever happens. Like if we were in Europe, in, in lower lower European leagues, I'm not yeah. playing those. Give that, Give that to someone else. But I'm yeah. only playing Premier League, which I think would be fair. Um, so that's the only reason I'd keep him. Okay. Number three, Lingard, Matic, Mata, Cavani, Jones, Pereira, who's out on loan. I don't know if you realize that he's he's not left the club yet. Um, okay. Eric Bailly, Luke Shaw, Dean Henderson, Lee Grant, Axel Twanzebe, Aaron Wambasaka, and and Harry Maguire. So that's the 15 wow. it, that would need to leave the club. So how many people did you sign across your next three seasons? Uh, next three seasons, let's go through it. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Where, where, where? Okay, let's go. Six, seven, eight, and nine. I've I've signed right. nine players. So you trim down the squad quite a bit, but you know what? Yeah. Good. Right? A lot of it because is... Because the squad is, is way too big. What, yeah, and it's a lot of it is just being wasted anyway. We're going to revisit some of these names. If you're like, wait, hold on, talk more about... We're going to revisit some of these names as we go position for position. One name I did not hear... Is the starting goalkeeper David De Gea? He goes in year three. He goes in year three. Okay, so sometime down the road still. Um, yep. Talk to me briefly about De Gea because there was a time when he was 
terrible. And then there was a time when he was like your best player for years and years and years at a time, which is not what you want for a side that's trying to compete for the Premier League if their goalie is their best player. Then he became a savior again. He was fantastic. Then he fell off. Now he seems to come back. This kind of inconsistency over the years seems to be somewhat of a theme. However, I think more often than not, he gets the job done if he's if he has the necessary coverage. And I think it's not really his fault that he's been so incredibly exposed for so many you know opportunities. Um, yeah, De Gea is going to stay for a few seasons for you. Talk to me about it. Yeah, we he's no longer the best keeper in the world like when he used to be a few seasons ago. But mm-hmm. I think he still has a lot to offer. He's right. the only one in the team, barring Ronaldo, obviously, that has won a Premier League with Man United. He was mm-hmm. in the last winning team. And I think he still Damn, has bro. the mentality to be... Yeah, literally. He still has the mentality to be a valuable member of the squad and a leader right. in the squad. And I don't think he's the biggest problem. His contract is one of the biggest problems that we have because he's on okay. such a high contract. So I but think it's United's if, fault, right? Because exactly. it's just like it's just not renewing at the right time. And then when he's at the absolute peak out the door, one foot out the door to Real Madrid, you're like, all right, we'll give you the farm. You're like 100 percent So if if United can actually, you know, start to you know give him a staggered approach of you're gonna drop in in wage little by little over the next few years, or if we say De Gea is, a, a, is an anomaly. Nobody's getting this amount of money again. We're just running out his contract until we need to replace him. Yeah, right. pretty much. But De Gea can still be very valuable. I don't think he okay. fits Eric Ten Hag's kind of style where mm. he needs to be good with his feet and right. have great distribution. That's not his best skill. No. And De Gea has a lot of faults. But for yeah. this rebuild, he's not one of the most, you're right. You know, one of the biggest, exactly mis- one of the biggest yeah. faults in this team. He's not one. He's of the not the top priority. He's not exactly. the first thing that you need to change, right? When when doing a rebuild, you have to start with solidifying the absolute problem areas before and anything else. There are also else. no obvious replacements. Like I know a lot of no. people say Dean Henderson, but Dean Henderson didn't really do much different when he was playing for United. Mm. Yeah, it's not like you have some. It's not like Ederson's on the bench here, where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, but wait, we actually have this guy. Wasn't he getting a chance? Like, no, you got another good shot stopper. I guess, but like, is he better than De Gea currently? Even if he's on the same level, it's like, all right, I get like, okay, if you say so, right? But it's not necessarily yeah. the problem area. So I don't want to spend too much time on it. De Gea's spot is safe for now. Let's go left back across. I, I, I too have De Gea, by the way, in case I didn't okay. say, I do have De Gea as well. I didn't think it was, a, it, it, it needed to be addressed right now. And so I, I was like, nope, never mind. Agreed. Don't worry about it. Um, starting with left back, you sent Shaw out the door. Yeah. Who you got? Because this is year one of three, I've kept Tellers. I think yeah. there were bigger parts of the team that needed to be improved. And I mm-hmm. and Tellers, I think, right now is struggling because of the whole team is struggling. Right. I still think he has something to offer. I don't know if he's going to be a world beater left back, but if he is, fantastic. We signed him for 10 million pounds. Yeah. But in a, in a proper system where he knows exactly what he's doing and there's coverage behind him, like Ten Hag is going to do, then I think he can he can be a, a good player for this team. So I've kept him. I agree, to be honest. I, I Again, not really a problem area. I think he definitely has to be the guy for United's like short-term left-back solutions. I could actually see him being there as a long-term left-back, to be honest, because I think his style of left-back closely resembles that of Italia Fico. Yeah. Right? 
right? Where he's like a more technical player. He's not necessarily the the pace monster or the energy monster, mm-hmm. right? He's not like an Ashraf Hakimi type player. He's not a Joao Cancelo type player either. He's just a technical left back who can do a lot of things. He can tuck inside when needed. His crosses are very good. He gets forward. He can be very effective. He doesn't have to be the greatest tackler in the world because you have another fullback who's a fantastic tackler and he offers nothing else. Nobody's perfect. This is not the biggest problem in the world. He's part of the biggest problem with the team, which is as we move centrally, which is solidifying this area of the pitch. And we're going to spend a lot of time here in the middle of the pitch here. I think that uh, final notes on, on Tellez, I also have him there. I think if you can add some key pieces around him, you can rediscover a very, very good player. Even if right now that seems like a far distant fantasy, I think that with the right personnel around him and United do not have the right personnel around him at all. I think moving forward with the right personnel, he can be a very, very solid player under Ten Hag for, for years to come. Agreed. Center back partnerships. Okay. You dumped the 80 million pound captain, bro. And I do I not blame you one bit. I think Harry Maguire is past the point of reconciliation. Find, yeah, I don't think we could find anyone online that would disagree with this with this statement. No, I like, don't think so either. I think like confidence has been lost in him as a captain, as a player. And if you don't want to take a hit on 80 mil, because maybe nobody's interested, he and he doesn't leave the squad, he has to leave the starting 11. He is in. He is currently. He's a liability. Say it. Say it because he's the scapegoat. Doesn't matter. This energy needs to be taken out of the team. We need to replace this man, this captain, with somebody. In my opinion, exponentially more solid right now. Forget everything else. Forget all the other Agreed. reasons or X's and O's. The to solidify this backline and protect the keeper before we move into central midfield, which definitely needs copious amounts of improvement as well. This area needs to be exponentially more solid to partner Varane. Because let's be real, we both have Varane in this rebuild without Same. question, but he's the right center back as he was used to playing for Real Madrid when yeah. he went on to win a billion trophies. <laughs> left center back is a problem. Who I'm excited to hear who you have at left center back because there are some names that have been floated around and I want to hear what you went with. I, I put forward two names. Um, okay. One is my preference. And I think another is what, okay. So Pau Torres is, is one of them. I don't think that would be my main preference. I absolutely think he would improve us, but I do think that he can get a move to a Champions League level side. Mm. And I'd rather actually have Jurian Timber for other reasons. He's younger. Okay. Jurian Timber, interesting. He's already worked with Eric Ten Hag. He's at Ajax right now. And he's, he's incredibly young. He's like 20 years old. Yeah. And in a pinch... I don't. I'm not buying him for this, but in a pinch, if if there are a lot of injuries, he can play right back, and he's done it a few yeah, times. Big time. big time. He's an incredible but, athlete. Exactly, and I think it speaks volumes that a 20 year old is starting week in week out in any of the top leagues, right? Like he's not yeah. in the top five leagues, but in any of the leagues, a 20 year old is starting week in week out. And I kind of wanted Ten Hag to have someone that he knows will do exactly as they're asked because they've worked with him previously, mm. and just kind of have that be on, on cruise control because he already knows exactly everything that is going to be asked of him. He's right. done it. He has the manager's trust. Why not do it? And I think, yes, the the center-back partnership lacks a little bit of a leadership because we know Varane used to rely on Ramos a lot yeah, for that. Time. I was and just going to say. Timber would rely on Bailey Blint. But I still believe in this, you know, in this center-back partnership to be a solid enough 
partnership to improve the spine of the team right. and for years to come. And right, right, right. So you're saying it's not going to be rock solid tomorrow, but as the partnership grows, it can be something really, really good. Yeah, and it'll be way more right. effective than it currently is. That's fair. I would say you're so you're in Timber is primarily a right center back because he plays right back as well. However, yeah. he, his weak foot is is quite good. Um, I would personally have a little bit of of uh, of an issue throwing a 20 year old into being the starting left center back for Manchester United only because he's not like delict as a 20 year old being like a six foot four monster of a captain leader already from birth. Right. Yeah. It's just the, but I'm a huge fan of your timber. You've heard his name on the show. How many times now, if you're, if you're a frequent listener, the person who I went with here is almost the polar opposite. Okay. I've got not the polar opposite, but somebody who with just exponentially more experience in this position do you remember who the statement signing I said Newcastle should make this summer is? Um, wasn't it um, the dude, Lil Carmen? No, no, name. not no, from it the... It wasn't him? Okay. Ooh. It was Khalidu Koulibaly. Yeah. I think the target that United have to, have to, have to prioritize is somebody who they should have signed instead of Maguire way back Four when. <laughs> and now it's just that you have to learn the lesson the hard way this was the guy and you missed it, don't miss your shot again. Here's why I think that this is not impossible. All right. I don't think that Koulibaly is ever going to win anything at Napoli. No, I don't. Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll win like, uh, you know, the, the domestic cups and maybe he's fine with that. And honestly, good for him if he is. I think he's past the point now where he, it will be like scouted by a major Champions League club. I just don't think he's there anymore. I would agree with that. I think a few seasons ago, sure. But as a 31-year-old, like as a player who's going to now be entering his into the 30s range, I think he's past the point of thinking that he'll win the Champions League. But that if he can be paid, you know, a lot of money, which to be fair, he would get a United. Not, not talking breaking the wage bill, but at least, you know, I don't know what he's on in Napoli, but I can't imagine Napoli pay him anywhere near 200-something K a week, mm-hmm. which he would certainly get at United. I think... This project in particular is especially interesting for a player of this caliber because he's solidifying the team and we've made moves. I've made some freaking incredible moves in front of him to to protect him and to offer him something that says, listen, like, I don't know if Liverpool are going to come calling for you. I don't. I know City aren't going to come calling for you. Do you want to stay in Italy? Do you want to test yourself here? Because we're going to pay you a lot of money to be our guy for the next, you know, three, four years. And the other thing is with the player that enters this age, you don't know which way they're going to go. Some yeah. of them play well into their 30s. Others start to taper off. It's a bit of a risk. I think he offers the solidity that United need right now, which is part of the balance of youth integration, which I think is extremely important. I think when going through a rebuild like this for United and where they want to be, they have to bring in some of the older players as well, some of the captains and the leaders and like rock solid type players like this to just help grow the spine of the team. And then as they get phased out, well, it's no problem because they've left their mark. They've done what they're supposed to do. He's not the only player that'll have that United, I think should sign that's over 30, but everyone that I have is there for at least the next three or four seasons to, for the first time in a long time, actually correct the ship and steady it with first team quality that is 100% unwavered. We're not coming from Leicester as a guy who had a really good Euros. We're coming from like years of consistently in a, in a league where defense is key. Mm-hmm. And he's an absolute monster. I think Koulibaly could be interested in this project. I, and I would go for that more so than I would a Pau Torres. Yeah. Because for what you said about Pau Torres, for one, the other thing is that I don't know, you know, there's a massive surge right now of like left-footed 
ball playing center backs, which is extremely important. I don't know if it outweighs the importance of just adding the stability first defender. and foremost, right? And it's like there are guys, there's a just so many like crops of young talent right now. And I've actually pitched another name here to come in. I don't want to say as well, maybe it's an alternative, but this player is left footed, but he follows the same mold of being like, I have to make sure that defensively I'm sound first and foremost, an alternative to, to Koulibaly who isn't already at a champions league level, who I think would be interested in taking the next step is Mohamed Salisu from okay. Southampton. Yeah. Tall left footed, super athletic, super strong, super quick, a little bit frantic, fair. However, one that can develop into a, into a great player because going just no nonsense first, I think uh, uh, giving him the protection that I'm going to in front of him, he could grow into this team and move up because I'm not pinching him from another Champions League team. I'm pinching him from lower in the table and saying, I believe in you. I think, yeah. you, can, I think you can do it here. I actually really like both of those shouts. And great. I would actually be very supportive if they actually go out and buy Khalidou Koulibaly for specifically that reason, where Varane is, is the more athletic one in the, in the back two, and, and he's he can lean on someone for leadership, and right. you, you know Koulibaly is going to organize the back four. I like oh, that. Big time. I knew you would. No, I, like I said, bro, I, I've, I've turned total integrity move here. I'm not, I'm not looking at this as a City fan. I'm looking at this as what's the best possible rebuild that they yeah. can do with the pieces they have right now that are already solid. Koulibaly is one of them for sure. Moving on to right back. Did you sign a new right back? I, I hope did. you did because you got rid of one. It's absolutely necessary. Yeah, couldn't it's agree more. I know. And it's not, it shouldn't be in most rebuilds because the solidity of the team comes from the spine. However, I think that having the right back that I've named in particular gets a lot more out of a lot of your attacking players. And that becomes extremely important in a system like this. I'm excited to hear who you have to, Can't wait you, to tell you. you pick. But I also, I picked uh, Denzel Dumfries. 26-year-old wow. just went to Inter, but I still, I, I still think you can actually approach him. He's Dutch. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, Bro, they had Hakimi for Ajax. a year. They had Hakimi exactly. for a year, right? Like, you and Inter, Inter need, needs money, right? Like, yeah. uh, the, the turnover isn't great for someone who's looking to stay probably at Inter or something, but I think you can approach him from his PSV days. He would, he would know a lot about the Dutch league. He is Dutch, so mm -hmm. staying with that kind of mentality of you know, their same ideas and same philosophies about football. I think Denzel Dumfries would be great. And he's not that young. He's 26 years old. I think he can, right. you're buying him just before he hits his peak. He's, mm. he, he would be experienced. And I think he would absolutely improve us on that right-hand side. The other thing is, which is really nice here, is with a player like that, is he's almost, I don't want to say the opposite of Tellez, but he's a very different style fullback. And I think that compliment offers well, right? Because he's yeah. a player who loves to get forward. Like how high in the, even in the box at times, it's like, dude, you're a wingback. Like, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be like way over there? He's all the way up, which to be honest, could offer a lot, right? Danny Elvis made a career of that, right? You don't always have to Absolutely. be the, the greatest like defensive minded tackler, especially if you have the solidity in midfield and in center backs to enforce it. And he I upgrades every single characteristic that the low has. Like he's better right. at absolutely everything that's that, the low, sure. that the low is good at. Yeah. The person who I went with here is uh, Tariq Lamptey. Mm, I, like I think that. Tariq Lamptey is just such a. I ball think we'd man. absolutely just... get rinsed in terms of a price, but I actually, I actually like that show. Bro, even if you do, who cares? This is about spending that cash. <laughs> and to be honest, man, if you want to make him, if he's not this summer, and there are more important positions than him, 
he'll be there because he is so damn good. And people don't know. This is a, like a five-star skill error right back. This is so incredible. And especially in a system like this where he could push forward and really offer so himself going up. forward. Yeah. He's a player who's and like about a foot shorter than Dumfries, I might add, <laughs> right? So not necessarily the physicality monster, but just a technically gifted baller who plays that right back slash right wing back. And he gets out of a lot of trouble just by being so technical. And not in terms of being a passer, just in terms of like skilling his way out and dribbling out, which is terrifying for a fullback, but he does it so incredibly well. He's super quick. He's super athletic. He's super fast. He's super skilled. I love all these attributes about him. I think it would work really well. He's super, especially when you combine him with who I have, who he'd be playing very, very near as we move up the pitch. And I'm going to get to that a little bit later. So don't let me forget Tariq okay. Lamptey when I talk to you about the importance of the right winger. Okay? Okay. The next one, bro, we got to move into midfield, right? We have our back fours here. Ooh. Four three three is my formation. I'd imagine you have Same something here. similar. It's same, but but when you look at Ajax and how they play, it, it's it's more of a... A two and a one rather than than a one right. and a two. Like that's how Ten Hag actually plays. So that's how I approached it because it's very. I, I had I, to I switch it. I knew you. I I, I totally get it. Believe just the the signings that I made are conducive to a four, like three three with a DM holding it down and then two eight. So I've completely reshuffled what this team needs. But damn it, if it wouldn't be freaking exciting as hell to watch what I've made here, man. I think this midfield would also work in both kinds of midfield threes for a, for a four, three, three, yep. but just the way with the personnel that we have and the way 10 hog has played at Ajax, I've kept it similar where it's kind of like a six and eight and a 10 that start in a midfield three, but also lends itself really nicely to a four, two, three, one when they need to. Right. Be. I but have, I have subs to the, make those adjustments for me. I have right. a six, two eights who are also tens Ooh, and i think that move, that yeah. makes it so much more fun especially when comparing it to like because you look at formations nowadays especially at the top level and how city play there's it's so it's so fluid that i i didn't want to i didn't want to limit myself to say okay let me get a guy who's like really a, i do need 100 of six by the way but then for an eight i'm like all right what kind of eight do i get do i get a guy who's like is he pass heavy is he dribble heavy like what kind of guy am i looking for here and I found a few names, but ultimately I went for, you know what? I need to just shift this triangle to have a guy who's at the point, the base of my midfield and two eight slash tens that can move wide. They can move up. They can move down. Either yeah. of them could play as the two if you're playing four, two, three, one at times with it, with one of them pushing forward to camp. Anyway, we're beating around it. Let's go specifically for names. Holding it down for you. We'll start with the six spot. Mina, the guy who'd you who sign at number signing? six? Yeah, sorry yeah. to call you off. The guy who Number I'm actually six. signing is Ruben Neves. The guy who I want to sign is Aurelien Chouamini. And we've already right. talked about why we Absolutely. want him and why he would be a good signing for United. I just think he's probably going to go to Real Madrid or a team that has Champions League level. Uh, right. And you know what? I alluded to him earlier when I was talking about Real Madrid. That's who I was yeah, thinking I of, figured. is Chouamini. Um, here's the thing with, with Ruben, super Ruben Neves. I love him. I love everything about him. I considered him for a lot. In a Ten Hog system, he's not my guy. And I hate that, but he's just, that. he's not my guy here. I want to tell you who I signed as a substitute as well, by the way. Okay, but I also I, have another backup instead of Ruben Neves. Okay, you want to give me one, two, three? Okay, let's talk it's, about all. It's Go. Haidara. Haidara is the, is the third one. Haidara. He's currently a Leipzig, okay. and I think he could actually work in this system as well. But Three very different types of midfielders. Very here, right? different. True, I mean, he's the cream of the crowd. That's my A option too. The reason I think he believes that this is possible is because I think True, I mean, as I kind of alluded to earlier, 
might see himself in a project like this where he's a guaranteed starter. To, I think he walks into damn near every team in the world. I really do. Agreed. But if he wants that guarantee, United and Chelsea, to be on to a degree, Chelsea could probably offer this too, where he's like, you're the guy. You're coming in now. You, you are, and United more so than anybody because no one needs this position more than Manchester United. Now, I have such faith in this player that I think he can hold down the base of a six by himself at 22 years old because of how tactically intelligent he is and where his best assets lie. We talked about this in previous weeks with what I'm so impressed with about him. He's so intelligent that he, he cuts passing lanes just with his vision. He's like, wait, I have to be here. Which is exactly Without even need, the tactic, the which like, is exactly what you need and what you need specifically for a six that's holding it down. The other thing is he can easily play in a double pivot because he covers so much ground, right? So he can play whichever one you want. The problem is with the double pivot system with him is that you need a dribbler eight next to him. And I did not necessarily have that guy. So I was like, wait, he is my energy guy. He is my passer. He's my lane cutter. He does so much as a six that I can actually open this up a little bit. I don't want to restrict myself. I love, love, love Ruben Epsch. He is my plan B option with nice. midfielder who I've signed. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dip to my bench here because it's important for this discussion. Okay. Alan. Alan yeah. from Everton. Absolutely. I think you have to go get him, bro. Alan needs saving right now. Alan is Especially a, if they got relegated. Yeah, and even if they don't, like after a season like this for 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 Everton, you have to go look at it, and and she'll be like, "Please get me the hell get out me of out here!" Of here. <laughs> like God, please help me out here. And he deserves way more because he's extremely solid. He's extremely technical. He's aggressive. He covers ground. He's strong, but not like a physical monster. He can pass his freaking ass off, and he works his damn ass off. I don't like him as a six, as a lone six. No, Which is yeah. why I said, okay, if you go get you know him and Ruben Neves, you actually have two similar players in one sense. Ruben Neves obviously can hit bangers. I don't think Allen has that in him. But you have one who's a little older, one who's a little younger. This is solid as hell, which is United don't have this. However, it limits what I want to do up top. And so I, I, I said, get Allen, but he's, he's for the bench here, right? Okay. I'm going to go through my A option because Chuamini is without question my starter. Same here. The reason why is because the other midfielder who I signed is Mr. Lucas Paqueta. Okay. 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 Now, I you know that. what? Okay. Here's the thing. Let me tell you about this guy. It would have been Bruno Grimaric, by the way. But um, <laughs> here's the thing with Paqueta. Okay. This is a player, and I have so many notes about him because he was one of the, I think, cornerstones of this team. Now, the way that I wanted to have United playing here was with players like this because it, they encompass the fluidity all around. This is a guy who can play in multiple positions, yeah. right? It's a guy who I'm really excited to see link up play in tight spaces because what he does is he's always looking to move the ball forward, right? He's, ex- he's thrilled to play in transition. He's not a player with the greatest passing range in the world, but that's okay because we have that covered in this midfield, right? He's a player who's a silky dribbler and a skiller. He's extremely... Mm-hmm technical in tight spaces to get out of them and looks to set the ball forward. Right. Yeah. I thought that this is the perfect coverage, uh, the, the perfect partner for, for Chuamini because Chuamini kind of allows him to do those things with the third person in my midfield who I've dropped into. And I'm going to just go all out with my midfield here just so I can talk about it instead of yeah, position yeah, for it. position, which is Bruno. Yeah. I don't need Bruno at the 10 here. Bruno before United was not a 10. He was at times, but he, he could play. No, eight. He's an eight. He's, he he's, has a lot in him to be an yeah. eight, right? And I think some of his best 
It's almost like, and I will never compare him to Which is how I'm Bruyne. using him, by the way. So I right. absolutely 100% Okay, agree. good. I, I'm not going to compare him to De Bruyne because he's not De Bruyne. And it's offensive but to even again, suggest that is. he is. Nobody is. However, if you look at what a lot of Bruno is able to do, it's playing as a deep right center mid who can loop in balls and deliveries, who's also looking to pass things forward, who's also looking to hit balls from the top of the box, who can also drift into the box at times, right? And so yes. I thought the way that this midfield kind of balances out is Paqueta is a little bit more silky, right? He has lots of energy as well. Yeah. Whereas Bruno can be more of my passer here, who also is a very proficient dribbler, who can also has a cannon of a foot. I'm actually, I think Bruno gets a lot of disrespect. To be honest, I think he deserves more credit <laughs> Tell me than he gets. It. But I think, but I mean, at times, I understand why the arguments are there, right? Yeah. I understand how people can see well, he loses the ball a lot if he's not taking penalties, not scoring. It's like, okay, but you're not, you have to look past, you have to look at what this player actually offers and what it could offer in a system like this. I, I could understand why if you were playing a system with like the, the six, the, the eight, and then the 10, he would be, I don't know if you have him as the eight or the 10 there, but obviously he's shown at United that he's been, you know, able to play the 10 spot. I just think that he, with Chouameni locking this down, him and Paqueta on the other side of this is you have a guy who can dribble, get out of tight space. You have a guy who can pass the long range. It's just very nicely balanced for what I like to do. And both of them are decent, decent. I'm not going to say excellent. They're decent when it comes to defensive contributions, right? They both have a lot of energy. They're both willing to follow orders yeah. and occupy the space that they need to be. And especially when you're relying them as, on them as eights, not exclusively as tens, I think you put a little bit more onus on what they have to do. And they're willing to shift inside when necessary to compensate for the other going forward. And both of them are capable of doing both. Yeah. Well, I actually think we did a lot more similar into the midfield than we think because okay. I also have Chouamini as my A choice but i figured being realistic let's go with ruben neves or haidara because right. i think they are more realistic for this level of football yeah um but absolutely he's my number one choice and we also put bruno as as the eight <clears throat> excuse me in in the system yeah. and i think the reason i kept it as a as a one and uh, sorry as a one 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 in the midfield that would also lend itself nicely to a four two three one is because it is very familiar with what ten hog is doing and it makes sense when you know who my 10 is. And it's Donny van de Beek, right? It's another. Wow. I've kept him here. The prodigal son the, returns. Donny van de Beek bro, comes back to reclaim the 10 spot. Hey, there was a time on this very podcast when I said Bruno should be playing deeper and van de Beek should be playing at number 10. And we had discussions about this. And I was saying, no, but Bruno is currently better at the number 10. So he has to play there. Van de Beek can figure out the other position. And I said, no, I don't like this. We've seen his best position is when he gets to press the forward line, get it, make defenders nervous, and get in the box and score. And now, here we time. are all these years I agreed, later. agreed with you at the time. But Bruno talking about this. had like 50 goal contributions that year. You I cannot know. move it. I just saw Not him. I saw him in a different it. role. And I'm glad you see it in a different yeah. role now to believe, okay, if, if if his old boss is coming in, let's give the boy a chance to do exactly. what, he, what he's known for. All right, with, tell me about with it. With someone who can't use Van de Beek as a 10, especially with how colossal Bruno Fernandes was that season, it didn't right. make sense. But with Fair. someone who knows exactly what to do with him, you have to do it. You have to play mm. to his strengths because that was his best season when he was playing with Ten Hag. And now he's he's looked so far off that level. But yeah. now that Ten Hag is coming in, it's another familiar player in the system that knows exactly what to do with his eyes closed because the instructions are coming from the same guy. 
And mm. having that balance and having that familiarity is crucial to the first year in my rebuild because the first year is all about setting the actual culture that you need this team to play in. And there's nothing better than, than setting the culture for sending the culture than having people that already know it. Right. Because That's then fair. you have to train less people to play this way. All right. I have to be critical of your midfield. I want you to be critical of mine. Given United's lack of solidity in midfield, I don't know that it's solid enough, especially if you're getting Ruben Neves. Because as much as I love Ruben Neves, he is very much a, a dual pivot number six. He's not a, a lone six type of player. And because United holding midfield is such a problem, I think this is actually the number one spot they have to go. Like balls to the wall. If you don't get like a Chuamani, an Ndidi, even Ndidi, then you, then I could say, okay, go get go get Nevs because then you need a pass or two, right? And Ndidi is much of the mm-hmm. the top quality, like energy interceptor. He off, he can offer more, but this is like specific to his role. Chuamani is kind of one of a kind here with everything that he's able to do, which is why I think he has to be the guy that you go get. But I thought you'd. I thought, to be honest, that you would go more hard for a number six specifically to absolutely be no nonsense and shut everything down. But I did. I just know it's not realistic because I no, no. But then, who's the next realistic. option? Who is realistic? The then, next right? option. I mitigated this by letting Ten Hag choose between Nevs and okay. and Haidara because I think Haidara see, is I more see, of that physical lone six, whereas Nevs yeah. needs someone like of a destroyer next to him. And well, even still, or just the, to, to hold a little bit more tempo, to, right? Exactly. Because he's not, yeah, like right now he doesn't play with a destroyer next to him. I guess no, then Donker at times here, becomes yeah. that, but you know, Moutinho and him are just very similar players. And so they kind of set the tone, set the pace nicely, but their system very rarely has them exposed. I'm more mm-hmm. concerned about this midfield getting run through. And I want you to say the same thing for me, by the way. I've just, maybe I've approached this too ideal and too many, like there is no world-class six in the cards for United. If that's the circumstance, I actually have another solution. For me, your your midfield, the only criticism I would have of this is that I fear that Paqueta and Bruno would occupy a lot of the same spaces and they just get in each other's way. But if they can be coached to have specific roles, that's fine. But even I see them having similar responsibilities on opposite sides of the pitch, one's on the left, one's on the right. And so therefore I'm not I'm not overly concerned. But I, the, he wouldn't be able to in this system. That that's the thing. thing. Exactly. It's like, no, no, no. This is your like this is your space. This is your space. Do what you will in it. Um but this is where you are. Now, I actually did make an alternative to this if okay. United couldn't go out and get a world-class six because I'm all about the options, right? My option C might even be more feasible than option A, maybe. It's getting the next caliber of six. I went with Ibrahim Sangare, who plays at PSV, who is a physical destroyer, number six, who plays in the Dutch League. I'm sure Ten Hag will be extremely familiar with him and pairing him with a world-class distributor number six slash eight, a deep line playmaking midfielder, Yuri Tillemans. I we're think that United... I've, I this is the thing, right? Yuri Tillemans a lot, but we're not getting Brilliant player. I don't think people realize how good he actually is. And I don't... He's, like, he's I insane. think United's... But he's not a lone six. And I feel like the all of the media speculation will be around United need a six, United need a six, United need a six, that if they go out and say, we're going to get an eight. And we're going to get this guy's a six that the, the mentality might change a little bit. Now, Lester just finished mid-table and Yuri Tillman's is a year left on his contract, right? So I think that if there's ever a time, he, Which is like Lester going are going to, to lose him in January. Maybe, <laughs> honestly, maybe. It, it could very well happen. I'm not sure that it would. They could because Yuri Tillman's walks into damn near every team in the world too. However, I thought that this might be a, an acceptable alternative to say, all right, Lester, you don't want to play ball, no problem. Yuri, are you interested in this? 
I think the answer might be yes, Bro. right? I think Yuri Tillemans might be interested, unless, but if Real Madrid come knocking and say, listen, you're the cruise replacement, then, you know, okay, fine. It's, it's, out, of, it's, it's out of my hands here. That. I would rip your arm off for that, but Which he's arm? going to a Champions League level um, club and it's not happening. So there's no point. There, for me, there was no point Fair. in studying that and building a midfield three with him in it because it was impossible. Be dirty if he did though. Be yeah. freaking sick, Absolutely. especially because Sangari be could be your midfield. He could, because listen, like the thing is with Tillman's is he needs that next one. He needs that like, Totally. That that midfield destroyer because he just can't hold it down on his own. He's just not that that type of player. But the deep line playmaking midfielder, I think like it offers a lot here. I, I would I would love to see what it looks like. Albeit, I wouldn't want to see it at United. Whatever. Hmm. Can we wrap up the midfield? Do we have an ideal? I'm just gonna go yeah, through I it again. My go. midfield, my ideal number A midfield or number A letter like first choice midfield. Chuamini at the base at number six. Paqueta and. Um, and Bruno as my two eights on opposite ends. And I've got Schwamini, Bruno, and Donny van de Beek. Reprising wow. his role as the higher up midfielder. There you go. The number 10 In ish. a 10 hog midfielder. Call it the 10. Yeah. Putting the 10 in 10 hog. Yeah. <laughs> Donny van. <laughs> All right. Front three. And then we're going to close up the show here. Um, we have got in a 4-3-3, obviously, three players left. I want to start yeah. with wingers and then we can move on to striker at the very very end you know walk me through united's wingers here because you know there's a time when dr mbe you know ceo of google and everything else marcus rashford was the most important player to ever grace the premier league and now i don't know if it's just through a terrible injury record i don't know if it's just that he was absolutely exhausted himself or he's fallen off or mentally physically where is it that rashford has fallen off in this team i don't think either of us are shipping rashford out here I just think no. that an injection of quality is needed here. And if you had told me that two years ago, or if I told you that two, three years ago, you'd have been like, what? No way, bro. Rashford's going to be the next freaking like guy here. Right. And What's I going on with United's wingers here before we talk about who we're bringing in? I don't know. And I can't give you an answer. Rashford's been a waste of a shirt this season. Uh, yeah, and it, you can't, no one can deny that. But right. I, still, I still believe in, in Rashford to have like average quality. Like not right. not average, like above average quality. So he can be like a good winger in the Premier League. He's not going to be one of the best. Um, I don't know if if his ceiling is the one that we saw previously with him, where he scored twenty two goals or twenty three. I can't remember, or if he can even go higher than that. But there's nothing that he's done this season to suggest that he can go higher than the level that we saw. So I have to take right. him at his previous best, and his previous best is good enough for United. Like. His, his yeah. previous best he was, he was their savior for a few years, bro. Like, hundred <laughs> percent. And it's just everything he does now is a sign of a guy that has something wrong with him, and I can't tell you what it is because mm. I don't know. And I sometimes think that people are never the same need... after surgeries, too, right? Like, exactly. It could be mental. And, it could be physical. And I hope it doesn't go the deli alleyway. I hope Ten Hag goes and says, oh, God. "Listen, man, uh, you know, arm around the shoulder. You're my guy. I just need you to do this, this, and that. Focus on this for a little bit." <clears throat> and work on these specific things in my system and you will shine. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm going with it. And it's more hope rather than, than realistic. Right. And, and it's for me, I'm hoping that a no international summer or international tournament summer can give him the opportunity to go find himself again, because I think that he absolutely needs to do that. So right. I've kept Rashford as, as my left winger. And I've also kept oh, yeah? Sancho as my Start, right winger. And you're starting 11? 
Yeah, and because I know wow. I know you'll say that Sancho's been playing more on the left this season than he has I been won't. on the right. I won't, because I have Sancho as very wing too. Okay, cool. So some listeners I mean, might we can talk that. about that. We can we can get to that. Yeah. But I've kept them both, right? Like we just signed Sancho for 75 million. Again, left winger and right winger. If you consider Rashford as a guy who can find his form back, those two positions are not the most important. If you're writing you're right. off Rashford, you need to sign a left winger. I think that an injection of of something is needed here. A difference maker is needed yeah. here. And so I found one. Um, okay. it's not it's not that I don't believe in Rashford anymore. It's just that given the nature of what we've seen, something I think, has to change. I think going into a rebuild, you you have to freshen up the faces a little bit to say, hey, if nothing else, like if you're not my guy, this guy is. And okay. that'll test you mentally to find out are you that guy or not. And if you're not, then you then you have to move on. But and the, to your point, by the way, we do need depth in that position. So signing yeah, a guy yeah, at the left sure. is not a bad thing for us. Like if we if we sign a left winger, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, how could they possibly, you know, get oh. rid of Rashford? Like signing a left winger does not mean we're getting rid of Rashford. We used to have four strikers, top quality strikers at one time in the team. Yeah. So we need that competition for places. Absolutely. Uh, the person who I brought on is not that unlike the profile of Rashford. Except okay. he's a he's a way better clinical finisher, and that's Rafael Leao. I love him. I'm bringing in some pork chops here. Listen, the him. the ascension, the levels that he stepped up this season is incredible. The goal scoring run that he went on, like his form, his his class looks like it's just him leveling up. It doesn't look like he found a good spell of form. It looks like he's he's taking that next level. I don't know how inclined AC Milan would be to sell him, given that. They're trying to move up and they're trying to reestablish themselves amongst the elite. And plus, I'm sure he's very, very happy there. However, I think that this United project, when it comes calling, some projects are just too big to pass up on. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of them. The re- He actually, for me, plays left wing because I've seen Jaden Sancho as a right winger and we're going to get to him. I think Jaden Sancho playing on the right wing that I've built for him is going to be the Sancho of old. And I'm going to talk about that uh, in a second. Leao is an electrifying pace, high energy instinct type player. And given the, and it's not really what Ten Hag had in that position at, at, um, at Ajax. However, it's a player that I think you can ask to do a lot to compensate for other things and a player who can work well in intricate positions with the players that I've built around. So if you were to look at my team on paper and you observe the triangles there's never like a weak link in a triangle that doesn't really work, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have extremely technically proficient you know, players all around in every possible triangle that you make, all of whom are looking to move the ball forward and score. And a player yeah. like this who plays off of a striker, and I have a striker and I'm going to get to him last, who plays off of a striker who can kind of you know, occupy the space of drifting a little inside when necessary, playing out wide when necessary, right? Like taking people on 1v1, being in the box of the back post for for finishes. He's a nice explosion of a left winger compared to the silky dribbler, magnificent technical ball playing, um, you know, inside forward that Jaden Sancho is. And the reason I have Jaden Sancho at inside forward is because Jaden Sancho is an inside forward. As I've been screaming for how long now, 
And signing United needed Dumfries a right winger. Tariq Lamptey would allow him to do both. Would allow yes, him to do and that. that's the point of this, is that, of course, Jane Central can't play freaking right back at United with Aaron Wan-Bissaka on the overlap. There's zero technical de- technical quality <laughs> there. And at the very least, when Shaw picked up form, he was making intelligent overlapping runs that Central could kind of, uh, you know, like link up with. But everywhere else around him in a triangle, there was nowhere to go, Right. At Dortmund, he found those inside pockets of space that he had Holland to play off of, that he had right. Royce to play in behind, that he had Dorgan Hazard. Like he had technical players surrounding him to play on the rights and be like, yeah, I don't have to be a left winger. I could be a right midfielder and do very, very well because I have the I have the service for it. I have the dribbling capabilities. And I know he's had a very poor season this season. Like Elanga has displaced him. We're not even going to talk about it. Alanga because he's not at the Alanga's displaced Rashford. I think I think Sancho still well even Sancho at times right like yeah you're right. okay fair enough but it just seems like his output hasn't been you know it's not what, what was anywhere expected. near good enough no. for for what we'd expect it to be right we'd expect it to be somewhere around ten and ten in a bad season right yeah. we'd expect him to be getting minimum fifteen and that's bare minimum you know gold contributions per season because he's a, he's locked in as a starter for this team. On the right wing, the overlap of attacking quality that he'd have, not to mention the eight that he'd have to go off of and the striker that he has to always play off of in that space. I think Jane Sancho is naturally a right winger in this system, but it's not as a right winger. It's as a right inside forward inside because forward, of yeah. how high the, the technical quality, you know, bombing fullback is going to be on that side. This gets the most out of Jane Sancho. And we haven't seen the most out of Jane Sancho in some time. Right, he's not a winger who can go and chase the ball. That's not what he is. Leao is play at that side. He'll go yeah. get it. This side is not about that. And having this contrast, just as I have everywhere throughout the team, think of what I've done here. I've done a technical quality left back with an explosion left winger. I've done a a very technically good right forward with a very explosive right back. Right. I have constantly it's actually, the the characteristics are very similar between our two teams. Right, because ideally we're trying to build around what Ten Hag can succeed with. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're looking at right now. I think the only thing left to mention is the striker. Totally. Who do you have? Ideal. You kicked out Ronaldo. Ideal signing is Darwin Nunez. And wow. Listen, okay. All of recency bias, whatever it is, he's being linked to Arsenal. If we can't get Darwin Nunez off of Arsenal's hands, who would have Champions League football and we don't, I would consider this club like failed. To be honest, like just <laughs> so honestly, if United like, still don't have enough appeal to overtake Arsenal, then in other words, we're screwed. None because, of this is possible because literally, bro, like if you can't sell the guy a Ten Hag United deal over right. an Arteta Arsenal with Champions League that that are probably gonna get knocked down in the round of 16 anyway, right? Then, <laughs> then I don't know if what that, to say, man. Like, depending that, on the honestly, signings they make this summer, yeah, like. I understand why some people would want to go to Arsenal. And usually it's because they're brain grew up Arsenal fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, in, in all seriousness. Okay, Arsenal, okay. Let's be if, serious. If you're, if you're actually comparing objectively, it's two clubs that desperately need a rebuild. One has Champions League and the other one doesn't. And you want to play Champions League, you're going to go to Arsenal. But mm. I think the more promising rebuild is the United one. Because right. Ten Hag has most the most experience out of the two managers. Right. And if it's me, obviously, I'm a United And the side fan, has better players. United. The side has more better players than Arsenal. And Arsenal are, clearly, we saw, currently better. Yeah, they're currently better than But there's more better players playing for United. There's also more worse players too, though, right? Yeah. So the gap is, 
you know, if we were to list them all, all of the, you know, between the 18-man, 23-man rosters, we would have United heavy and then Arsenal and then United at the bottom, right? So it would be a... Yeah. Both th- teams are in desperate needs of rebuilds. And, and for me, yeah. I'd like... But you know what, Arsenal... And we to... did the Arsenal one. Arsenal are, yeah. are, are at least making the right steps. Like, their steps for the rebuild, given Absolutely. the nature of how they do things, has actually worked out pretty well for and them. And it's proven on the pitch. They're, they're go- probably going to get top four. Right. Yeah, there you go. And for United, the way that I've done this, and we're going to just wrap this up, Darwin Nunez seems like a great um, target to bring in. If I you don't say the think the guy I had as a plan B, I'm gonna flip. No, no, no. I just think that it's somewhere down the line. I don't think Ronaldo's time's done yet. No, I think no, no. Ronaldo guaranteed is okay. there next season. And I think given the nature of some of the players that I've brought in here, both in terms of experience, right? So now you have Ronaldo leading the line and then Koulibaly at the back, right? You have I think Ronaldo uh, would absolutely thrive in this system, by the way, in any of the systems we've created. It. This and is I the think- thing. That's why I think that he might still be interested here. And this I like, listen, we still need to you're sign a probably striker, right. Whether it's Nunez or yes, you're in, in right. Kunku, who's also a shout, or Jonathan David, isn't who's, feasible my, right who's my plan B. Yeah, okay. Kunku is not feasible, but I, I no. mentioned him as. And Kunku could mention. definitely walk into the one of the best teams in the world, like 100%. 100%. I didn't even include Kunku for that reason because he's just like levels above aspiring yeah. to be in this project. Yeah, uh, I included Jonathan David as my actual plan B. That's I still think you need a striker if even if Ronaldo stays, because you do, right? Like you're going to have yeah, to yeah. take Long term, you, you do a little bit. Yeah. Or or just, you know, again, if we're in Europa or Conference League or whatever, Ronaldo plays Premier League, you play the other the other league. Yeah. So it's true, Ronaldo, yeah. the reason I don't have him in my team is because I don't think he would want to stay in a no Champions League system. You're right. But That's I do think that true. he doesn't really have a lot of options. It's MLS or, or yeah. Sporting. He's not going to go to anywhere else in England. Well, we have to look at some in, of the other. I have, he might go somewhere else in Europe, depending on another Champions League European club, depending on how the number nine situation moves around. Right. So, yeah. right. Like real, there could be, there could be tempting projects elsewhere who are in the Champions League. But the options I would are be very inclined limited. to see. It is limited. It really depends on movement, right? It depends on who goes where. Because maybe Ronaldo, because Ronaldo can't be the next guy for a club no. for several years, right? So it really just has to be in these short-term deals. He obviously still has a lot to offer, which is why in a rebuild like this, I really like it. I think that it caters to his needs. Listen, totally. You know, Haller is not Ronaldo, but Ronaldo can do the job of Haller, which is, hey, bro, can you finish these chances off for us? Can totally. you be in the right place at the right time? The answer is yes, right? Like you don't have to be the most pressing, sprinting you know, like pushing them back type guy because Ronaldo is still plenty intricate with the ball. He's still very, very skilled. And the team that I've built around him, it's like, hey, can you play off the shoulder? Well, we don't actually play off the shoulder that much, actually. The way that United play, like this team, in tra- even in transition, it's not necessarily playing off the shoulder. It's rapid movements to then split through players. And Paqueta's excellent at that, by the way. But mm-hmm. Ronaldo can finish those chances. If it's crosses coming in, Ronaldo can finish those chances. If it's cutbacks, Ronaldo can finish those chances. If you need a finisher and a target mat at number nine, which you do, I think for this system, especially for next season, you already have the, the best possible guy to do that, right? So I'm not totally necessarily agree. looking at that yet, but, but you're absolutely right. A striker is absolutely necessary. The problem is to, to level up, you need a freaking guy and there's not that many of them out there. No. The, the options are very limited. Yeah. And that's why it's such a, a desperate position. That's why it costs so much damn money to sign one. <laughs> right? Like, Because totally. everybody needs I mean, one and there aren't enough out it. there. Yeah. Right? And they, they're the best at scoring the goals. That's just it. Anyway, bro. That's it. Can we wrap it up? We can wrap it up. Final I'm, thoughts on final uh, thoughts. what we did today? They're, the rebuild is promising. I hope it actually works out. Um, this is... 
it's promising, but I'm still being cautious because I know that mm. this club can self self destroy at any like self destruct at any point. Yeah. Um, even though he does have a three or four year deal, like we said, I don't know what the length is. I can still see United like falling under the pressure because I I can see a situation where it gets worse before it gets better. Mm. And maybe this is a Woodward trait that I'm projecting onto Richard Arnold, where you sack someone before you see out their contract. Right. So I hope Ten Hag can 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 see his contract out and and maybe get even get a new one because that's a sign of things going well. So right. it's promising, but I'm still going to be cautious about how this goes. Fair enough. Uh, Mina and I are going to go to dinner now and talk all about Absolutely. this. And talk. <laughs> Just continue talking about this, honestly, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode whatever number it is, one forty two, I think, one forty one, something like that, of the Jersey Wall podcast. So. We really appreciate you tuning in each and every week. We're going to read through our teams one final, one final time before we plug our socials and stuff. Um, my team, starting in keeper, De Gea, especially for next season. This is what the team ideally would look like next yeah. season. De Gea, then left to right. Tellez, left back. Koulibaly and Varane is the center back partnership. Tariq Lamptey at right back. Uh, Chouameni holding it down at the base of midfield in a 4-3-3, playing at number six. Paqueta and Bruno Fernandes playing as the two eights in the system. Rafa Leao at left wing, Jane Sancho at right wing, and Cristiano Ronaldo leading the line at number nine. That's my starting 11 for next season. Brethren, take us through yours. Davide Annette, uh, left to right, which is weird for me again. Uh, Tellez, <laughs> Timber, Varane, and Dumfries. Then I've got Aurelien Chouamini holding it down with Bruno and Van de Beek completing the midfield three. Then I've got uh, Rashford on the left, Sancho on the right, and Darwin Nunes leading the line if Ronaldo leaves. Boom. That's it, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Jersey Wall Podcast. As always, you can find me on social media at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at MasterChef Nay, including on YouTube, where you can find special bonus clips of the podcast, and on TikTok at, uh, at MasterChef Nay, where you can find TJW Bites, the fastest growing hashtag in the history of the internet. Guys, over 110,000 views on TikTok. Thank Madness. you, as always, for your support. Mina, where can we find more from you? You can find me on Instagram at mina.gali98 and on Twitter, I'll follow you back if you can find me. Boom. Follow the Jersey Wall Podcast on Instagram at TJWPodcast. Don't forget to go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com. The link is in our description. And enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout. Guys, that's it. This episode's in the books. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby. Woo-hoo!